Kate, Mary! You binge-watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone we about Louie. We need to Louis. talk to someone about Louie. <laughs> Today's episode of Gotta Be Done is recorded on the lands of the Kaurna people of the Adelaide Plains and the Wurundjeri lands of the Kulin Nation in Melbourne. We pay our respects to elders past and present and any First Nations people who are listening and loving Bluey. Kate, we're back! <laughs> okay, so to listeners, uh, it might not feel like we're back, but to you and I, are you feeling back? This is This is feeling very back to me. <laughs> I am feeling very back. I think, you know... It's always interesting when we take a little break from recording. Um, I don't know. I miss talking to you. I miss talking so, to you about Bluey when we're not uh, recording. Same. So. You know, like we, we still occasionally like a text goes back and forth about Bluey. Let's let's be honest. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, this is the real deal. And to put it in the time-space continuum of Gotta Be Done, this is the first chat we're having since we interviewed Joe Brum. And it's our first recap since all the 11 new episodes dropped. Um, So even though there's some early season three episodes we haven't quite gotten to, ah. Dad, we're back! Come on, Bluey, I have to get dinner started. So, okay, so we're doing musical statues. We're starting at the start of this particular drop of episodes, which starts with the words, Dad, we're back from bingo. So, <laughs> do you like already just packing the meaning in. Um, Ludo's like, yep, this will be like the first episode of a new drop, I suppose. And yeah, bingo obviously has to let everyone know we're back. I loved it. Um, mm. So I, I felt like that was a really good neighbours kind of trope that we'd seen there, you know, like, has anyone seen the couch cushions? Um, but I was really excited because we knew this episode was called Musical Statues. And even though we've had 150-odd episodes of Bluey and, you know, I'm still mind blown when you see the threads on the Facebook fan pages go, oh, my God, I just realised that they're playing Musical Statues in the title card. <laughs> Totally. This is the first time they're actually playing musical statues. It's so exciting. So good. Yes. On Louis the Stage Show, they had a little play with it. The family did play. Uh, oh. Tiny spoiler alert. I feel like like block your ears if you're about to go see Bluey the Stage Show in November at Madison Square Gardens, which is happening. Like, can you oh. believe that? But uh a wow. certain uh, large red healer might uh, might get a win in musical statues in the stage show. So just brace yourself mm. for that joy. Uh, yeah, very exciting. Um, but, yeah, first time in an episode. Uh, and when I tried to actually, okay, so what's everyone saying about this episode and just Googled bluey musical statues now, nah, or, you know, put it into the Twitter Twitter search, it was just all people having the realisation about, the credits uh are the opening titles so yeah i didn't get very far <laughs> see ya that's it everyone stop huh? including you what we're playing musical statues 
Did you see the um, Osher Gunsberg, who is known for hosting the Bachelor Australia franchise and mm-hmm. um, once upon a time being a host of Australian Idol, did a viral TikTok, which was like, I can't come. I've, I've got to watch Bluey. It's musical statues. The title's musical statues. This is the first time they've played it. <laughs> so, yeah. Even yeah, the celebrity okay. Australia world was getting very excited about this episode. So. <laughs> Bless the celebrity Australia world. What a world it is. <laughs> Hooray, musical statues. So from musical statues, peak excitement, to just the depths of relatable despair possibly, <laughs> Bingo <laughs> runs in the door and we see Bluey. Like, what is she even doing? Did she fall across <laughs> the, uh, across the um, threshold? On her back, yes. <laughs> um, there's lots of Easter eggs in this scene, by the oh, way. Okay. Um, just to, to appease the trauma of having to, like, witness a scene from our own lives playing out on ABC Kids. Um, so the Easter eggs are we've got a budgie near the keys, so yes. copycat. Um, next to the door, there's Chattermax under the chair as well. Oh, great. Um, I know. It's very sweet. And, um, yeah, I think Chili's most relatable line here was, you know, come on, I have to get dinner started because, yeah, and, and then, like, literally kicks her inside the door. So. <laughs> In Chili's defence, maybe it was just a firm kind of push with the foot, <laughs> which, you know, I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't claim to have uh, be innocent of occasionally. Like sometimes you just do have to move your child on in the most uh, <laughs> most efficient of ways. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, Bluey is just like you know this episode is about having the life sucked out of you and how to get it back in. And yeah, Bluey is definitely sucking the life out of me at the start of this episode. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, from a diagnosis perspective, if your child came in like that, would you just be like, they're, they're totally overstimulated? What what would your go-to be? Uh, yeah, it's so hard, isn't it? Because, you know, you just need some downtime. The easiest downtime would be put them in front of a screen, but mm. you're creating, you know, if they're that bad before a screen gets involved, you're creating you know, some kind of what's the next level up from a monster, like, you know, like it's kind of Frankenstein <laughs> levels of problem for yourself. Um, but, yeah, like letting them lie there I think never works. Like if if you're trying to get something done, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have a solution here. Any hot I takes? Know. I just keep I think about Calypso in Calypso and just like pretzel on the mat going, and then like he just gradually comes around on his own. Just so nudging, true. Maybe I'm more of a Calypso than a chili. (laughs) (laughs) Look, yeah, like, well, this episode definitely establishes that chili is not a nudger. Um, there's, <laughs> she's, yeah, upping the ante in most uncalypso-like ways. I don't want to play musical statues. Neither do I. Too bad. I need someone to do the music stopping. In her defence, she's she's got dinner to get on the table, and yeah, yeah, is not getting a lot of uh, a lot of support, perhaps. 
Because no, um, know, everyone's had a tough day. <laughs> well, she walks into the kitchen and Bandit's having a protein shake pre-run. Is this a thing? I thought the protein came after the exercise, not before. Ah, I was. Oh, I thought he was just filling his water bottle to take with him, but perhaps he was it putting something had in some it. sort of powder, uh, hydrolyte, mm. like a kind of um, oh, maybe. Yeah, I do not know. But I would leave that to oh, good listeners. Yeah. So you know, protein yeah. would would make sense. Um, she could have just put a bone in the water and you know drank bone broth along the <laughs> way. Swirl it around. <laughs> shall we? Shall we leave this to the good listeners? Have yeah, got to be done yeah, to decide whether or not it's protein shake and whether or not that's appropriate. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah. I think bingo. Then um, you know, just trying to get a bit of love from Dad was exciting. I'll play with you after dinner, okay? Yay! No, we're having a bath after dinner. Wow. Oh. Well, Crazy Pillow will have to wait for the weekend. Will there ever be a time when the weekend is forever? Um, is it ever going to just be a weekend? I felt that so deeply. Uh, I mean. Yeah, oh. look, sign me up. Um, yeah, like it doesn't get a very encouraging answer from the parents but persists. Like once you've named it, surely it has to become a thing. Like where is the forever weekend? <laughs> What is it with children launching into existential crises at either just before or at dinner time? Mm. Like, I had to explain reincarnation to Will over the dinner table the other day. And I don't know that I did a very good or convincing job, but, you know, that was the moment. And, um, yeah, yeah, I just – Nice little observation there that maybe this is a peak peak existential crisis time. <laughs> what do, does dinner get put on hold for you in that case, or do you kind of explain while you're shoving in food and they are just like chewing away, too distracted to notice? Oh, definitely the latter. Yeah, okay, you know because yeah. you know then if we get if we get too deep down one route and I just don't want to go down any further, I can kind of go, oh, it's time for. <laughs> To you put that in the dishwasher now. Right. Okay. Done. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I rely on a lot of well, what do you think sort of things. <laughs> so yeah. Um, I don't know. Mm. Do you get deep and meaningful conversations either when oh. you're trying to do the million things to get dinner ready or like yeah they look I always feel sideswiped by them but no I think it's more like I I found ours come mainly in a road trip or something like that. Like when there's, Ooh, you know, time to just sit and think. Um, yeah, then yeah, the questions come out. Or bedtime, you know, if it's if it's a delaying tactic for falling asleep, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's Bond's sixth birthday today and uh, as I was putting him to bed last night, I'm like, oh, you know, this is the, you know, this is, can I have a hug from my five-year-old because tomorrow I'll be getting six-year-old hugs. And he sort of looked at me and thought about that and then burst into tears and said, but I like giving five-year-old hugs. Oh, oh my heart. But what if oh, I don't God. like being a six-year-old? And I'm like, oh, you have stayed up oh. too late, kid. Uh, but but yeah, you can't just say you'll be right. You'd sort of have to hear out the uh, hear out and talk through, and yeah, not not really have any answers to what you do if you don't like being a six year old. <laughs> but happy to report, he did bounce out of bed this morning, gave me a hug. He's like, six year old hugs are pretty good. I'm like, yes, they are. So 
Perhaps it just, yeah, a fresh day <laughs> solves everything. Well, then what do you want? I don't know what I want, but I know I want something. I could use some help here. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, there's so much going on in this scene because while Bandit and Bingo are having their sort of existential um, conversations well, through Albert Camus. Yeah, um, like yeah, and in the fridge. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Chili's just trying to keep both together. Um, but, yeah, yeah it, it sets up a lot because, you know, whereas Bluey doesn't know what she needs and that's her problem. Bingo's very mm. sure of what she needs. She needs to play Crazy Pillow. She needs a weekend that never runs out. And she needs cereal for dinner. And, you know. But I think she's also looking for that connection with her dad. Like she runs yes. straight in the door like, Dad, you know, so there's that need as well. Yeah. And the bed, it needs exercise. Yeah. And Chili just needs to mm. make dinner. So, yeah, it's very much about, it's like for me it was very a needs being uh, seen and met kind of episode but yeah mm. it's 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 tough to watch this setup scene where no one's getting what they want <laughs> and I think even the um, episode description or like the pre-promo for this episode described it as you know the heel out family is out of sync like no one's kind of oh. working with each other which I quite liked um, and then yeah, uh, Chili calls time on it and we move into uh, the the actual purpose of this episode. Mm, okay, so um, no one seems to be convinced by this. No. Because when, <laughs> when Chili is like, we're playing musical statues, <laughs> and everyone's like, Uh, Early (laughs) the episode for me, Chili muttering under her breath about Bandit's reaction. I could see where Bluey gets. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because what what partner has not uh, uncharitably made that observation once or twice? Um, But yeah, she's uh, not for the turning, and yeah, is like puts in some pretty hard yards to get this off the ground. Oh, More than I'd be prepared to put in, I think. I think Bandit was prepared to put in about five seconds of effort. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, judging from the fact that they were all out within, like, literal seconds of the song starting, that um, ridiculous poker. But then uh, Chili puts on, you know, those different tunes. Um, her moves were very much, for me, channeling Uma Thurman yes. Pulp Fiction. Yep. Yes. I was seeing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the song even because – it starts with a very folky kind of boring song and I'm, I'm straying into your territory here, Kate. So, you oh, know, okay. feel free to add. I have, I have a list. Oh, I have okay. a list of all the musical song notes for later. But yeah, but, um, no, my, my favourite is the one that Chili uh, requests for second that switches on her, uh, um, what is it called in that, the Jackrabbit Slim is it a twist competition? Twist contest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, that's uh, that's my pick of the tunes. All right. That's what I'm talking about. Get that body moving. <laughs> Come on, Bluey. Shake it out. It's got whoop. 
Yeah, because they, they're dancing in that to, oh, what is it? Uh, it um, was a team. Never Can Tell. Yes, yep, totally. Yeah, Never Can Tell Chuck Berry. Yeah, and um, it's that, the hand, the move that really sealed that for me was when she sort of puts her hands flat out in front of her and then one foot and was like pivoting on that toe, like in that yeah. nice little shimmy. Oh, just such Berry a classic. Uma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and they've got a few, like, moves that are really mirrored from that scene as well, like the mashed potato and the swim and things like that as well. So, yeah. uh, so many yeah. moves come out that we don't see in the title sequence as well because previously dancing on Bluey has kind of been um, – I, you know when they made that clip where the girls danced to the annoying lollipop song that Joff set out to make the most annoying song in the world um, and most of their moves is sort of just recycled from other times they've danced in episodes. But, yeah, I feel like we were getting new moves in this and I was all about it. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah, and like the whole shake it chili, um, <laughs> you know, from dance mode uh-huh. really came to the fore. Girl got moves, mm. Yeah. Okay, here we go again. Oh, yeah, shake it, Jelly. Come on, Bluey, copy my moves. Yeah, that's it, whoop. Chillian pulls out the moves and that, I think, inspires Bandit to pull out the uh, BJ the DJ kind of uh, (laughs) (laughs) banter. Yeah, did that take you anywhere? Um, I mean, Ringo Healer, obviously the Beatles. So, but yeah, I just thought it was super cute. Um, you know, like it's, it's such a classic thing for, um, you know, like radio announcers getting names wrong. <laughs> yeah, when they're back it's not important. That's important. But, I mean, it was just so cute to be like, dad, you know, like that sort of reaction. Uh, yeah, obviously designed to, uh. Yeah. to get them outraged and it's the funniest kind of dad humour. Um, yeah, and I loved the, like, bingo. She's just so considerate and sweet, like, trying to get Bluey more into the game because Bluey is on, a is on like, a 1% or 2%, I would argue, at this point. She's, she's basically limp fishing around the lounge room, just sort of flopping. Um, but I'll tell you what, I Love Cereal really, really gets that vibe going for her. <laughs> Hold it right there, music fans. We just had a song request come in from Ringo Healer. Bingo Healer. Who do you dedicate this song to, Ringo? It's for my sister, Bluey. It's her favourite. Well, all right. This one's going out to Ringo's sister, Louie. Louie! I did not pick up listening to it that that was the words of that song because it was just grating on me so much. I think I was actually (laughs) trying to block it. Um... Anything with a certain, what did that like a a certain BPM and a kind of doof to it? I must admit that's that's the uh, the outer limits of my musical appreciation. Um, but then uh, to read that actually, um, because when these episodes dropped, Joff was uh, jumping on his socials and sharing a bit about them. To read that it was Joff singing "I Love Cereal" yeah. in this track uh, did make me. Warm to it slightly, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna have to go back and have a listen. Actually, <laughs> did you love um, it from the first? I loved it, and it's not for the reason that you expect. Um, I loved it because of the background artists. Ah, yeah. So, um, I really 
you know, we we don't talk about the back. We talk about the backgrounds a little bit, but I think this episode just spells out how ridiculously talented all the background artists at Ludo are, uh-huh. because um, you know. I'm thinking of lots of other kids' shows, you know, Peppa Pig, for example, where the backgrounds are pretty much just flat and static mm. the whole way through. And um, when we were interviewing Joe, you know, he was talking quite a lot about how he really views all of the episodes of Bluey as like little short films almost. Yeah. And um, and the care that goes in. So I think maybe I was more attuned to that when I was watching this episode. Now, the time of day that they've selected being sort of that end of the afternoon into evening, Mm -hmm. you would be forgiven, given it's a seven-minute kids' show, if they just picked one background for the whole lounge room scene. Yeah. When they, when they start, and I, I want you to rewatch this and, and have this in mind, they have the these sort of peachy coloured walls and each stripe of the wall, so they've got like this timber look sort of cladding yep. on the walls, each stripe is a very slightly different tone of that peach okay. for starters. And so it's not flat. And then over the time that we're watching this episode, the colours get deeper and more orange mm-hmm. and then they sort of go into this sort of this red and pink and then this brownie red before like the end scenes are like the blue and the navy walls right but, but like when I love cereal comes on the whole light in the room changes from that initial peach with the different color stripes to being that time of the afternoon that a lot of people call golden hour, yeah. you know, with that, that beautiful golden light streaming in. And the whole room is lit up with warmth and golden light. And I think just the amount of work to capture the colour changes, but then also how that affects the mood change mm. because all of a sudden bluey, just like the light, is is lit up. Yeah. And, and this beautiful golden light is across her face, but it's also right through the room. And then they use, I haven't seen them do that sort of that 360 sort of like spin around the room almost yeah, sort of view it becomes before. very 3D, like is that the right word for it? But, yeah, it's, um, I, and I think they actually used some of those uh, moments from this episode, like even in the pre-season preview and it already like it looked so different to everything else but so dynamic. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The I hadn't I hadn't clocked just how much the colors were changing, but the overall vibe was disco as well because it looked like kind of disco lights all flashing and changing colors too. So yeah, it just fitted with the the vibe so well. And I just I loved how you know that like music you know gives you such endorphins, particularly when it's like a song that you love, mm-hmm. and dance, like physical activity gives you you know, those sort of endorphins as well. So I loved how that sort of all came together in that scene when I Love Serial starts and then Bluey just starts really getting into the dance, the music lifts, the light lifts, the whole room changes and it becomes really oh, wonderful. I just man. thought it was so great. I'm just getting endorphins hearing you talk about it. So oh, just Bluey life hack for the win. Yeah. How do we make our children dance? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I just, the amount of work it goes into every scene just really is something to behold. I, the team hopefully are just so proud of what they achieve. Um, we have the next break, of course, and then this I feel is the real shift because 
Bingo has a magnifying glass and no one is moving and you know that <laughs> yeah, game so the game is back. It's not just it's not just an endorphin high. Yeah, where it's no. a serious uh serious competition Everyone is as well, in. totally. Yeah, there is skin in the game now. And then um I love how Chili and Bluey start playing Pong with Bingo. <laughs> is that what you called it? I I always called it Pong, but I know some people call it like Tic Tac Tic Tac maybe or something like that. It's like the like you know that's like the two table tennis things and then oh, yeah. like the ball between like the classic eighties game. Yeah, like that was definitely yeah. called pong. Was it okay? Good. Um, Sorry, good. Yeah, but yeah, perhaps there were ripoffs as well. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I love the other name that emerges for it because it's just so you know, what TV, what kids TV program has not lent into this once or twice. She's caught in a boogie trap, which like just <laughs> where would kids TV be without booby traps? And, and, and I'm loving this riff on it. Like it's so good. <laughs> Did you set a lot of booby traps as a kid? Uh, or, you know, no, very, I was a very vanilla good child. <laughs> There were no booby traps. It's so funny. I don't even know what shows my boys are seeing them on, um, but they're constantly talking about booby traps now. <laughs> Just and, and where like, where are they getting this influence? Yeah. I th- oh, there might be. We've been watching a bit of Wild Kratts, and I don't even know what show that's on. But it's two brothers who are like environmentalists and kind of protect animals. But there's baddies out to catch the animals and. People are always oh, like, so they have to set traps. It seems the like the kind of situation that you'd be there'd be booby traps involved. I remember, like <laughs> Baba, um, the elephant was yes. really big. Uh, yeah, in like growing up for us, and they, you know, yeah, you were always trapping Rataxis or vice versa, and yeah, um, but yeah, they're out there. Booby traps everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> See, traps we have, but not booby traps. I feel like, you know, it's like. such a weird um, word. <laughs> I don't even know. We, we, where we do a from. game at night where, like, the boys, after they get out of the bath, they just start running laps of our house because mm-hmm. we've got, like, um, through doors, like, from the laundry and stuff. So you can run in a circuit. <laughs> nudie traps. <laughs> nudie trap. Yeah, it's a nudie trap. Um, but um, basically the only way I can get them dressed at the moment is, like, if we make them to pay tax every uh, time they go through the bridge. Yeah, okay. So, like, they have to put a singlet on or, you know, like, Ooh, underwear. Like that. Yep. You know, it was something, you know, every time they go through. Yeah. And that's the only trap we have at the moment. Okay. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah, a boogie trap, I reckon, is. Boogie cool. trap could be next. <laughs> I had some notes about Pong being a 2D graphics Atari 1972 release. Look, you know, we know that uh, video games are beloved by the Ludo team. Um, so, yeah, it would not surprise me if this was a Pong reference as well. Yeah, well, um, there's actually a second um, Atari reference in this um, episode, which is coming up next because obviously Chili um, throws down the gauntlet to Bandit, who immediately um, hits the dance floor. 
and um, there's some music on in the background mm-hmm. and we are hip-hopping a little bit all over the shop, but um, I'll come back to <laughs> more music-y stuff later. Okay. But, um, but when I talked to Joff about, um, you know, the inspiration particularly behind this music because I was like, oh, it's so familiar. What, what could it be? Um, and he said that it was based on Fatboy Slim's um, 90s ah. offerings. And I think it's very, very reminiscent of, you know, those um, like Rockefeller skank and um, – Gangster Tripping and and Right Here Right Now, all those sort of songs from the 1998 album, You've Come a Long Way Baby, and that was produced on an Atari. So Amazing. Whoa, you hear that, Bingo? That sounded like a dance challenge. Take the reins. My honour is at stake. Here we go. Time to cut up and run. Oh, yeah. Give it some of these ones. Do you know that there's there's five songs that they go oh through on on the musical yeah statues game alone in this episode, which is just yeah. bizarre. But that's number four. So we've got the number one is the poker. Let's just let's just get into a bit of music, shall we? Yeah, let's. Number one oh. is like this poker, which to me was a bit reminiscent of "Here We Go Loop de Loop." You know that song? Here we yep. go, the line. Little yes, bit like that. Definitely sort of similar, a very flexy, um, Yeah. Cadency sort of like had that sort of nursery rhyme-ish quality to it. Um, number two, I've called Chili's Groove. Had a lot of cowbells, had a lot of saxophone. Very cool. Um, very, again, sort of throwing it back to um, potentially a Pulp fictiony reference in that Chuck mm. Berry era. Three was the I Love Serial, which is that trancy electro synth dance rave. Yes. Blue's you know, favourite song. Yeah. And then the song number four, I've just called it in my notes, Bandit's Groove. But, yeah, very much okay. like he's doing the running man, he's doing the sprinkler, he's doing the funky chicken. Okay. It's very fat yeah, boy slim. Sure. But then he throws it back old school, <laughs> which I haven't got any notes apart from, you know, it did sound quite like old school. Oh, wow. Okay. Back to the glory days. Watch and learn, Louie. Time to take it to the floor. Oh, man, could use a rat, Matt. Time to dust off the worm roll. It's funny, you know, what would have Bandit's dancing heyday been? Like, it's very hard to place from all his moves. (laughs) Was he in, you know, dance floors in Fortitude Valley doing the worm? Like, that seems, uh, you know, kind of not very sanitary possibly <laughs> I do not know right well so if he's 10 in the 80s you'd have to assume that like in the 90s yeah. he's like in, in his sort of like, 20s yeah, yeah. prime nightclub era so I'm gonna go with like you know let's say late 90s he's hitting the clubs and the pubs so that that will probably you know um yeah Fat Boy Slim and Chemical Brothers and all those sorts okay, of bands. Yeah, you know, I guess yeah. arguably you could do the worm to anything, but <laughs> would you? <laughs> Is the worm very early 90s? I don't know, 80s? It's kind of an 80s breakdancing thing, but I might be wrong. Yeah, I'm just know. jealous I can't do it. Yeah. 
Uh, and then um, even just going back and we are, yeah, we'll go, we'll go a little bit through the music. So when they walk through the door um, initially, they've got this string version mm-hmm. of the Bluey theme, which Joff has said he's never, ever done before. Come on, Bluey, I have to get dinner started. That, you oh, know, wow. sometimes yeah. they'll just they'll just do like a little like um, almost like a sitcommy do 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 you know when they first arrive. But this is actually a proper string version and goes on for a little while. And then they've got this like so there's that theme, and then there's like this shakers kind of almost staccato. I'm going to call it the waiting music because it is that sort of like I'm on hold, you know, and you're hearing the shake. It's like, ch, 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 like yeah, that thinking yeah. music that you get in a game show. Yeah, where's it going to go? Yeah. 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 And then when they're reading the rule book, so after these five different songs that they've composed, then they have this like return to that theme, which is again a bit staccato, um, but then as Chili's reading, it sort of adds in piano, it smooths out and becomes this really like beautiful vocal sort of thing. Um, and then when they're on the floor, it returns to that staccato, um, mm-hmm. like when they're trying to decide what it is that they're going to have for dinner. And then the yeah. last bit is this full melody again with the piano and the vocals and it's all come together right at the very end. So let's just do a quick tally. We've got the staccato theme, one, the shakers, our waiting music, two, we've got five different musical statue songs, so Mm -hmm. we're up to uh, seven, and then we've got the rule book, which is like a theme on the theme, so let's just call that eight, eight pieces of music Mm -hmm. in a seven-minute episode. Can you imagine (laughs) any other show investing that much time in composing eight separate, all very excellent pieces? Um, because this one uh, was not just Joff, but uh, Pluto Jones out of Sydney and also Steve mm. Peach. Did they all just go yeah. away separately and come up with the bits and then just jam it all together? Or do you think they had to all be in a room until we're not leaving this room until we have eight pieces of music? Either sounds but yeah, mm. I know. I mean, even if each of them had divided it up, you're still talking about composing like at least two, probably three unique pieces each, mm-hmm. um, which is just <sighs> huge. You know, it's much easier to come up with a theme and then drag it out for like 10 minutes than it is to have to come up with separate yeah, All new songs. Someone so, should really suggest that to Joff I'm if so he's impressed. a bit of burnout. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, he definitely was not dialing it in on this one. And uh, what a, what an effort! Like I just, um, when we had the words musical statues, we always knew that the the music part was going to be sublime. And I just think, yeah. Great job! Like yeah. this, the work. Love it's it. the work and the detail that means there's so much to unpick for us, but it's great. Someone else who is not <laughs> dialing it in. Uh, I love the point in this episode where we get to 
competitive bandit. Um, and yeah, perhaps his continued uh, similarities to Bluey, where they are both committing to the dance. Um, time to cut up a rug. Is that the saying? Like, mm. have you? It, I thought it was cut a rug. But no, you cut up the rug. I haven't looked oh, this up, by the way. <laughs> I, oh, I'm, I'm Googling it frantically as we speak. Is it I'm sure they checked, but, yeah, you know, like either visually you could see dancers cutting or cutting up rugs, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, uh, anyway. like It's this it, here saying cut a rug rather hmm. than cut up a rug. Mm. Or perhaps that's a blueism as well. It's a bit uh, well, m- new Miriam Webster, which I will take any day of Wikipedia, says it's old-fashioned slang to dance in an energetic way, i.e. he's not young anymore, but he can still cut a rug on the dance floor. Mm. Okay, there you go. Uh, look, yep. you know, it's an evolving language. Uh, but <laughs> 1920s, but, yeah. its origin. Whatever it is, Bandit has earned the right to say it however he wants uh, because, yeah, he is deaf. <laughs> that rug is not living to tell the story. <laughs> it's gone. I feel given that Bandit in the early episodes of Bluey um, was, you know, doing sit-ups and playing touch footy and, you no, know, that was only Bluey's having... dream. <laughs> He seems to be warming well. Yeah, that is true. He does not. Has has Uh, Bandit popped up in between seasons? uh, Well, look, you know, there's there's more commentary to come on that in Granny Mobile. Um, I don't (laughs) think so. Though I think it's water weight, as he correctly observes. Uh, No, I don't. I don't think he's badly worming. It's just probably not the strategic right move to make in musical statues. <laughs> oh, big on now! Stop! What? Dad! Oh, I'm no fair. I was a big worm roll. No, he went! It just seems to be just a very heavy clomp when he lands. Oh, there is no other way to do it. <laughs> Gravity is a thing, Kate, even in a oh dog universe. God. Uh, well, it's certainly a thing around me anyway. Oh, becoming middle-aged, I've just, like, everything hurts all the time. I don't know why. <laughs> oh. uh, cool. And yeah. we'll just, uh, yeah. I can see how we've ended up here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was just, uh, I don't apart. even know what it, we were having a dance-off today, actually, in our kitchen, and all of a sudden Will just started in inverted commas, break dancing in the middle of the room, which if you haven't seen a very leggy five-and-a-half-year-old trying to spin on his bum and then go through your legs before, I highly recommend it. It's, um, it's fun times. Um, but, yeah, uh, and I don't even know what I did, but I pulled something. Oh, <laughs> like, no. I, I know. And I was just like, oh, this is what it's like. I used to be able to dance on the dance floor for hours and now even just in, shuffling in the kitchen gets the old hips clicking so yeah you probably just need more space you're probably restricting yourself you all just need to move into healer style you know expansive queenslanders and uh and yeah twirl with abandon can we keep playing no bluey we better let dad go for his run uh, Nah, i'm cool this is actually better than running okay let's do it hey who's doing the music stopping not, not me. me oh okay and then we have 
we have the rules part of our episode where oh, they all I want to keep dancing. They do. Mum's oh. already gone out because Bandit cheated. So that's uh, been a big yeah. theme this season uh, after mm. Obstacle Course. Uh, but doesn't dispute it, um, which is very nice of her. Um, yeah, look, I guess sometimes, you know, you just got to give people what they need. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you're right. So the crisis of everyone wanting to dance is solved by Chili's Invisible Rulebook. Let me check the rulebook. Hmm. Oh, yeah, look. It says, if it's been the sort of day where you don't know what you want, but you know you want something, then you can play musical statues without stopping the music. Do you have one of these, Kate? No, but um, genius, and I will be doing this all the time. Referring <laughs> oh, to my okay, rule. so, you know, between us, six-year-old, five-year-old, uh, three-year-old, two-year-old uh, and a ten-year-old who have to be placated by these by this invisible rule book, how long do you think we can pull it off mm. now that oh. we've just stumbled upon it? Ages. Oh, great. Ages. Okay, cool. This- <laughs> <laughs> Although, yeah, I do worry because I don't know about your kids, Matt, but mine are very much rule followers. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know about Joe, actually. He's maybe turning out to be a real rule shatterer, let alone uh, breaker. But, um yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Will loves following rules. No, so he'll uh, be he'll be happy for hours. We had our first parent teacher interview uh, a few weeks ago, and the word stickler was thrown around a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Bon, oh, bon. bon and Will can just yeah have little rule following parties whenever they want. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, as long as I can keep making them up for an invisible rule book, that suits me. <laughs> Sweet, we're good to go. But how are you supposed to know who wins? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, look, it's got different rules written here. Chili's monologue when she's reading from the Invisible um, rule book was very moving, I have to say. Yeah. yeah. What, what was your reaction when you were, when you were there, Mare? It's grown on me. First time round mm-hmm. and first episode back as well. It felt a bit, you know, after the kind of crazy of the game, it did feel like a very abrupt kind of left turn, I guess. Um, but, yeah, the uh, love the content, but I was just like, oh, mm. is this a bit forced? But actually once I'd watched the episode a few times and it was, you know, the themes kind of, you know, what people need and how to manage tough times and all that kind of thing. I'm like, yeah, actually, that it, it, it lands really nicely. Shall I read them? Yeah. In this version of Musical Statues, there's no winner or loser. It's not about getting to the end or getting to the weekend or the forever weekend. It's a musical thing. You're just supposed to dance while the music's being played. For me, it really was reminiscent of Takeaway, mm, um, yeah. you know, when, um, you know, um, about the flowers, I forget what it was, but, you know, basically that, you know, that children are only children yeah. for a small time was our takeaway from the takeaway um, and that sort of that, you know, flowers. I've never thought of that before. Ah, takeaway. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I just thought like those sorts of um, – 
you know, the stage that we're in, especially at the moment, is so um, temporary, you know, and um, to be able to be present and enjoy that time is so important. And that, for me, was kind of the Brene Brown moment, I guess, you know, that line, you're just supposed to dance while the music's being played. Mm. Like, you know, like we have children who want to dance, so we need to dance with them a little bit. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I've quite said what I want to say. But, um, yeah, for me it was very much about recognising that what we have is very temporary and making the most of that and that gratitude. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. Um so the credits of this episode, and for anyone who sort of thought, oh, yeah, maybe like me, bit left field, they actually um, credits are uh, inspired by the words of um, an English poet, Alan Watts. Oh. So he's um, got a poem. I'm reading it as a quotable quote here. I'm not actually sure what the poem's called. The line is, we thought of life by analogy of a journey, a pilgrimage, which had a serious purpose at the end, and the thing was to get to that end. Success or whatever it is may be heaven after you're dead, but we missed the point the whole way along. It was a musical thing, and you were supposed to sing or to dance while the music was being played. So riffs on that really nicely. Um, I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. His wiki describes him as a self-styled philosophical entertainer, <laughs> which you know, I feel like Bluey could uh, possibly self-style put together. The same way. Yeah, but um, yeah. but yeah, he's a twentieth century um, writer and speaker who, uh, you know, kind of interpreted and you know put a Western spin on uh, Eastern traditions from Buddhism and. Um, Taoism and Hindu philosophy and yeah like it's kind of you know it's the journey not the destination kind of vibes but to add dance to it I am all about that (laughs) Mm. yeah I mean cultural appropriation of other cultures aside (laughs) it's it's a beautiful point that he's making isn't it that you know that um because to dance is almost like an embrace of what is in the moment rather than looking forward, looking back. So mm. it's about that presentness as well. True, mm. yeah. Um, it's hinted at but not stated in what Chili says as well. But from like back to how this episode was promoted, the out of sync and, you know, the heel is getting into sync through dance. Mm. Um, like I quite like that extra level of, well, you know, life and the dance isn't, a solo thing as well you've got to make your dance fit with other people and that just is something that my Brene uh, my Brene moments from this episode are all the ones where someone sees what someone else needs and it's usually bingo because bless that little orange dog um but she knows Bluey needs to hear her favorite song and she knows they all need cereal for dinner so mum doesn't have to stress about dinner (laughs) And um, oh my God, you're so right. Yeah, and yes. and you know we dance. You know we can dance through life best if we're doing it in a way that meets other people's needs as well. Maybe like yeah, there's there's mm. a lot in this episode that's not just kind of bopping around and then being caught out doing the work. <laughs> oh man, I need a pillow. <laughs> that was fun. I loved um, 
speaking of Brene, she did a podcast maybe last year with um, Dr. Pippa Grange. She used to work with the Richmond Football Club in Melbourne. Really? Oh. Um, yeah, she's a sports psychologist. And one of the, the things she does is work with professionals to kind of help unblock them and free them so that they can perform at their best. Okay. And she, one of the analogies that she used um, in her interview on um, – Dare to lead was um, talking about a tuba player, I think it was, who came to her and was having um, crippling anxiety with okay. like, her performances. And she she was sort of talking her through the music and she's like, well, who makes the music? And the person was saying, well, it's me, but then it's also my instrument and it's also my breath and it's also the orchestra mm. and it's also the audience and and where they got to was she realized that if she was open the music could flow through her wow okay yeah and I, i'm wondering how much of that might be applicable here you know if we're open to what our little people are yeah needing how much how did, is that when that magic and that music can flow rather than being focused on tomorrow all the time and and it's so you know it's so easy to say theoretically but if you're the chili in this situation saying okay what do my little person lying on the floor groaning need like it's not it does take it is hard to get past that block of oh they're just being impossible to okay Mm. uh you know a step back and what is needed here and you know I feel like in in the for real life, demanding that everyone plays musical statues might not actually work nine times out of ten, <laughs> <laughs> but something will work. And, yeah, it is so much experimentation but also knowing just really, you know, knowing the, knowing the people that you live with and that you're dealing with and, mm. and actually trying to tap into, okay, what is their favourite song? Yeah. Well, creating that connection always works, right? Yeah. Like, um, you know, like in any relationship, whether you're grown-ups or little people, and I always find that um, when anyone is acting out, it's usually because they're not feeling connected. So then is it about finding those moments of connection to bring everyone back together? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so much. So many, so many angles. So many angles we could go down here. But then uh, it's such, it lands in such a happy place that, you know, they're all lying on the floor and everyone gets what they wanted as well. Like, mm. yeah, it, you know, to, for, from no one being happy at the start to suddenly, in, you know, in seconds, Bingo gets to be a crazy pillow and Bandit's had his endorphin hit in his workout mm. and uh, the problem of cere- of dinner is solved by cereal and Bluey's just, just yeah, inexplicably back to her old self. It's so um, mm. simple but um, but good payoff for me. Like I'm like, yes, that's where we wanted to get to. <laughs> you don't even know that's where you want to get to. So you know how we were talking about existential crises oh, yes. earlier. Oh, another one. That was that was a big one that came out of this episode. What do you mean people eat cereal for dinner, Mum? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes people just eat it. Oh, but why? Oh, okay. Why don't they eat it at breakfast? I'm like, well, maybe they can't be bothered making dinner. It's quite nutritious, you know. Like, 
Oh my gosh. Oh, stickler. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I, <laughs> we've, uh, the, we've just had two weeks of school holidays here and, uh, yeah, there were a few days where shopping, uh, grocery shopping didn't happen. And, um, being out of bread one morning meant that toast wasn't going to be on the table. So we had quesadillas for breakfast instead. And of course she did. Yeah. They're amazing. What a woman. <laughs> I know, but it was literally that or nothing. Um, yeah, because we then had dinner for breakfast that night. Like, are we having breakfast for dinner? And it was, yeah, like the, the level of excitement just doing something different, man. It's, mm. uh, yeah, just, you know, if, if you can get the sticklers across the line, it's liberating. <laughs> did you have pancakes? Yeah, or we did you like just <laughs> literal wheat? Yeah. I, <laughs> I was going to say, as if you did wheat picks. Uh, yeah, like, well, it would have oh, had to be fancy. Yeah. <laughs> that fancy but yeah wheat picks aren't really a thing in our house but yeah maybe next time would be rice bubbles and I can't wait for that time (laughs) oh it'd be amazing um who's your most valuable player of this episode Mary I think probably pretty guessable uh bingo is definitely like Chile does the hard yards getting the game in play but bingo's just got all the one percenters knowing what people need and that's there from yeah I loved it you well Chili for me. I think um, she recognizes that everyone needs something other than what they're getting, and and she put she does put in those hard yards. Mm, so for me, yeah. it's definitely chili. And even at the popularity. end, well, she's checking in at the end as well to kind of go, you know, like is that what you needed? And yeah, yeah, true. I, I just thought that that was beautiful. Do you think that's the thing you wanted? I think so. <laughs> Oh, no, this is a crazy pillow. <laughs> Wait, Mum, what's for dinner? Cereal! Yeah! Did you have a line? I think, yeah, yeah, it was more on the the, uh, the shade-throwing negative side. Uh, I could see where Bluey gets it. <laughs> <laughs> but followed closely by Ringo Healer. <laughs> you? Oh, for me, it, oh, for me, it was Chili's line about you're just supposed to dance while the music's being That's played. That's pretty good. So, yeah. yeah, loved it. Uh, yeah, um, and I loved talking to you about this episode. Oh, I, no, I feel like, have, we, have we got there? I, I think we're <laughs> there. Yeah, totally. Good. Um, very quick mailbag because someone else who was there is Mem who is 10 and she loves this podcast and she emailed us uh, to say Hi, she, her little brother Ned who turned five in May got her into Bluey last year um, and when she found the podcast, love just 10-year-olds finding a podcast. Uh, they're so resourceful, these 10-year-olds just these the days. Um, she decided to start from the beginning and she's listening to Flatpak as she writes the email and she thinks we're amazing but I think Mem is amazing and probably Ned too because mm. five-year-olds are the best. So so, um, yeah, thanks for saying hi and, uh, yeah, love love that level of enthusiasm. I reckon they might be a family that do a lot of musical statues in the lounge room. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally there. Getting that and, vibe. Um, and given we're both older sisters as well, I think, yeah, full respect to um, the Ooh, level of yeah. dedication to a younger brother Mem has in getting involved in his preferences as well. <laughs> it's very job, lovely. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. You, like Mem, should say good day. Uh, we're <laughs> on all the socials at BluePod on uh, Facebook and Insta at BluePodcast on Twitter. You can email us, bluepod at gmail.com. 
and yeah, wherever you're listening, just chuck us five stars and help more people <laughs> find us because we have so many season three recaps to come. It is a very good time to be getting on board, I feel. Maybe. Oh, Mary, it is such a delight <laughs> to be in time. the wagon with you. Never a bad time ever to be in our wagon. And um, I can't wait to talk to you next week. Sounds good. In the meantime, it's, <laughs> it's got to be done. Got to be done. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Sorry again, dance fans. A small child was stuck in a boogie trap. All right, this is getting serious. <laughs>